0: Hello, and welcome to the County Line Discussions of Party Politics from the Washoe County Republican Party. Uh, I'm sitting with Mr. Chuck Cohn. Okay. Yeah, talk to us a little. You wrote an article about uh, how easy it is to steal elections. I'll sum it up.
1: Yeah, you know, it was interesting to me. I I thought everybody knew this. I, I just... I knew
0: it. I, I've been following it for years. 500 years, 1,000 years maybe <laughs> yeah. if you go back far enough. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Uh, so I, I started to write this down, try to make it more simple for some of the people I correspond with. Mm-hmm. And I started with a lead line that I don't actually believe, but, 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 but it caught their attention.
0: Impactful nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. And, uh-huh. I,
1: and, I, and I basically said, well, the election wasn't stolen. And uh, I have to identify that in, in on three levels. I don't know anything about stealing it through the computers. Right. I don't know anything myself about um, massive ballot dumps in the middle of the night. Uh huh. I can't. I can't affirm or deny any of that factually.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: But there's a third part that. I intuitively knew a lot about and a friend kind of slapped my face and, and said, take a look at this. Mm. And when I, when he did, it kind of helped me get past my funk. Ah. Uh, because I was, I was buying into this whole thing that the election was stolen and so mm. on. And, and it, and it was, it was kind of a dark place. Yeah. And, yeah. Sure. And, oh, I, yeah. And, and I didn't like being there.
0: Yeah. I can understand that.
1: And so uh, what he got me to thinking about was the part that I did know something about. So let's go back to, you know, what the gal in Georgia was doing. I won't mention her name. Sure. And uh, what what we know is that most of what was done on or about Election Day was legal. Mm. It wasn't fraud. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, uh illegal would be fraud right uh what was corrupt or immoral or whatever you want to say yeah yeah was the fact that legally or illegally however you want to put the spin on it uh they had the laws changed to accommodate their style
0: ah and this is something i hate more than anything in the political world as a matter of fact there is a local example of this that really rubs me wrong uh it's the supreme court case that limited the 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 city council from being able to just continuously run and run and run and then change over to running for mayor your your council or mayor terms all consider the same well That was something that the Supreme Court reinforced and it hasn't been challenged since. And then meanwhile, uh, one one of the local people on council, who again, we'll just keep without name for now, uh, made an attempt to run it through the legislature to try to change the charter, even though that citizens have already voted on this charter twice at an 80% level in favor of keeping it the same. Wow. So there's really a negative impact at that level. And when you see it up close here personally, it's very easy to believe what you're starting to allude to.
1: Yeah. I mean, what we have to understand is Republicans by nature tend to be people who are rule-abiders. They play the game by the rules. And they wouldn't sit down with their kids to play a game of Monopoly and say, oh, well, wait a second. I've just changed the rules. Yeah. You know. Because I rolled. Yeah, because yeah. it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. But but we have to remember that we're playing with a bunch of three-year-olds.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: And, and they want to change the rules if the rules aren't favoring them.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes that applies to politicians in general. And I think most often I'm seeing that in urbanized areas where they're not really given a lot of foresight to things. Uh, another one I would draw attention to is this the concert world when COVID hit us here uh it was a very immediate for for them to just want to shut everything down but I'm I'm kind of like well from a government standpoint it makes so much more sense to go down half capacity quarter capacity let's shrink down gradually the same way we're trying to open back up gradually
1: anyway yeah yeah no, no, I got you. I got you. What you heard was my head nodding.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh,
1: so um, to, to kind of to go into it a little more, the Democrats have been working this for at least the last two years, more like forever, but at least the last <laughs> two years, uh, to get the election rules changed to favor the way they work elections. Uh, whether you agree the rules should have been changed or not, as I said, or that they were changed legally or not, uh, you know that the rules were changed.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. Uh,
1: you know, the the laws governing election procedures in the states were changed.
0: Yeah, it's not something that it's up for question. I, no. I mean, I think it has to be really reiterated in statement that, like, it's there we, to be seen.
1: We need to recognize that. And, they, and they've been busy at it, and, and we were letting them do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Democrats know that their constituent, who their constituent voters are, yeah, and they know their numbers have been shrinking. Mm. Um, so very pragmatically, they've decided to go find new voters. Mm. Uh, they've been legally combing purple and what we call otherwise blue neighborhoods mm-hmm. for the names of people who do not or often never have voted. Uh huh. They've gone to their homes. They've gotten them registered. They've taken ballots to them. They've offered to help them fill the ballots out. Yeah. Uh, they've offered to take the filled-out ballots in for collection and counting. Oh,
0: wow. Uh,
1: and this is called ballot harvesting. Uh, yeah. And it's legal where it's practiced. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh huh. Um, they've furnished counties uh, monies for the purpose that they hire additional election workers. And with which they can create extra ballot drop-off boxes in neighborhoods that tend to vote Democrat. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. These things are legal.
0: Yeah. Just making sure our people are getting out there.
1: Okay. They're under the laws currently enforced. They're legal. Now, um, therefore, they can't be fraud.
0: Right. Even though... In the
1: strictest sense of
0: it. You know, even though I heard instances of... um, of people who were down at the homeless shelter and, and down in the homeless areas here in town who were basically saying, hey, if you'll just do, you know, fill out this ballot the way I want you to, I'll get you a meal and stuff. Uh, the, to some degree, we've, that can't be legal, but no, it is.
1: No, and, and, and that part is fraudulent, but, but the laws that are there are not.
0: Right, okay.
1: So once you've got the laws in place, and if you've written them muddy, if they're muddy enough,
0: right, then how we interpret?
1: Then you're only illegal if you're caught, and if you're prosecuted
0: and convicted. I mean, sometimes even prosecuted doesn't get you there.
1: So, so you're you're, you're getting it here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: wh- what they've done is they've corrupted the system, and. Uh, The whole point over several years was to lay down election laws and place sympathetic officials that made it easier for them to effectively work the system to their advantage. Mm -hmm. The muddier the legal process, the easier it is to bend the rules and the harder it is to say the rules were broken.
0: Yeah, because there are so many factors that come into play there too because even you get into the talent of the attorneys, you know, you might have a guy who should have a slam dunk case to to, to to show some fraud, but their attorney now has been able to manipulate some of those muddy waters you talk about.
1: There's my head going up and down again.
0: Wow, yeah, <laughs> okay. we, we can really hear you now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what my friend was pointing out to me, and, and this is what kind of caught me up short, was, where the rules said clearly, you cannot do X, the Democrats, for the most part, did not do X. Right. Um, but mostly the rules didn't say something clearly like, you cannot do X. If you read the rules, they're muddy, and they're open to interpretation yeah. by local officials and judges. uh uh-huh. Now, if the local officials were people that you caused to have appointed. Yeah. Okay? Uh-huh. Because you gave the counties money to hire extra officials to interpret the laws. Wow. Okay? Now, when there was a ruling that's saying X must no longer be done, for the most part, the Democrats stopped doing X in that location. Right. However, where... X behavior was not challenged, which was what, 60, 80, 90% of the time? Republicans weren't running around challenging every single violation. Yeah. Okay. Or was occasionally by an official deemed permissible, then X continued to be done. Wow. Is this making sense?
0: It's making Uh whole sense. And actually what you're really describing is they just created a system to be able to navigate themselves. And now that it's kind of out there, you know, Republicans might be able to utilize it too and level the playing field. But the reality is they kind of did what they they saw us come. They, They saw the Republican side of things coming because... They knew that if they presented a plan for ballot harvesting, what Republicans would do would be to try to fight that rather than say, hey, yeah, let's do it and let's just see who's better at it. You know what I mean? Right. Because they did a pretty good job here at the county level with Michael's program in finding those voters and appealing to them.
1: Okay, and that's the secret. We might not, Republicans might not try to game machines. They might not try to do ballot dumping. Yeah, they might not even try to buy votes. Not our style generally. Uh, back in the boss tweet age, that was a different thing. Uh, yeah, you know, a century, <laughs> to, a century and a half ago. But, but, uh, but no, it's not our style. But um, so where I was going with that is, okay, we don't do those things. But from that, we can take. Well wait a second. It just takes plain hard work to locate those people who have never voted before mm-hmm. or who v- who vote infrequently mm-hmm. or who are Republicans who don't vote regularly or her, who are independents who actually might be inclined to support our cause and our and our and our candidates. Yes. And that just takes plain hard work.
0: That's it. And that's what that party is supposed to be. That's their foundation. The Republican Party foundations themselves in doing the hard work.
1: Yeah. So, and and that's, why, that's why Michael's group has been so successful here because they're doing the hard work. Yeah. Um,
0: what, a, what a wealth of thoughts, actually. I mean, you're, you're really giving me some enlightening dialogue, and I appreciate that.
1: Thank you so much. Well, I can see more clearly now myself what happened and how and why. And it's obvious that the Democrats are endlessly creative at inventing ways to game the system. I mean, they, they're going to be at it. That, that's all they do.
0: Chuck, they're so good, i got to tell you another local example. Go ahead. We knew Councilman David Bobzian was going to vacate the, uh, the at-large seat here in town. And those of us who were paying attention knew that they would just rig a mock appointment system that looked like an election, get a whole bunch of people to sign up as, you know, I would like to take the seat. We knew it was going to be Devin Reese. Uh, people on Devin Reese's oppositional camp were calling it before, long before he ever had to run again. It was, it was just known it was going to be there. And it still goes back to that same term limits issue because the whole game is trying to remove that term limit system somehow so that Jessica Sparazza can run for mayor. And we may or may not leave this in the cast. I may edit this out, but for your own information, it's happening because Hillary never wanted to be in there in the first place, but once she got there, she kind of liked it. And Devin, but she was not able to get done the job she was there to do, which was get those term limits. Uh, restrictions removed well Devin is the guy you call when you need a kind of an immoral task to happen and so he gets the seat and my gut tells me something about my gut is telling me that when the political climate will allow they're going to try to slip him into an appointment for mayor I think they're going to try to either resign her out or let her run her term out and, and slip has him he
1: has he already been term limited out
0: He's just beginning. He was oh, appointed, and okay. his, this is his first year of election. So now they've got a fresh 12 years to game the system and try to figure out. Because, see, Shivi couldn't get it done through Sigur Blum. She tried to go down a tick and get the the term limits removed. And the next day, Lorton was in that council chamber using his three minutes to say, what a disgrace. I can't believe that you would try to circumvent this again. You've really showed your political hand here. I mean, just annihilating her. Because she is out, that's her sole purpose. She's not going to leave any legacy behind as a mayor other than increasing the homelessness and being involved in the mayor's convention. Uh, And now we're going to see Reese try to get term limits uh, removed again. Because the the way it works is the the mayor's part of the the council, right? So once you've spent 12 years on council, you can't shift over to the mayor, you're, you're done. And so that's how it happened is that year, Dorch, and and you'll love it. I don't know if you've ever met Eddie Lorton. But here's a guy who knew what he was doing, okay? Okay. And Dorch, Iazi, and Sforaza were all going to run for mayor after being counsel for 12 years. So Lorton took his cause to the Supreme Court, and he won. Now, he, on purpose, took his case to the Supreme Court a year before the election. If he had waited until after registration, do it on him. He'd be mayor. He could have just walked in and stole it. He didn't because he intentionally wanted to allow for real competition because he's doing it for the right reasons. And so Sheby got in there and then from there they just started roasting him as a racist, proud boy, Republican, all the oh, all yeah. the favorites. Oh yeah. And and they made him unelectable that way. But this is the, exactly what you're talking about, these games. Yeah. They don't like it, they change it.
1: Well, so so let's go back to where where the laws were changed to make these things work for them. Yeah, please. That's, okay. Most all the laws were changed at the state legislature mm. or by the secretary of state which is another state elective office mm. okay or by the state's attorney general just pick the state and the situation and you've got it so the the point is if you want to make the rules if you want what we would call election integrity or election reform mm-hmm. if you want to make the rules there's only one way to do it, and that's to own the legislature. That's right. And to own the statewide offices.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you own the legislature, you get the statewide offices. Everybody thinks it's the other way around. Over in California, they think they're going to have this recall of the governor, and all of a sudden, everything's going to be different.
0: Oh, wow, how scary.
1: Well, well, I lived there when they when they threw out Gray Davis, and they, yeah. and they put in Arnold. Uh-huh. And Arnold was real solid for about two weeks. And then he spent eight years doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, just giving the Democrats whatever they wanted.
0: Well, it's always the first question when people start talking recall is, okay, well, who's your candidate? Who are you going to put in there if you recall him? Just somebody scarier?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's silly. You, it, a personality change or an office change, a single office change, is not going to change what we want changed?
0: No, it's just changing the tip of the spearhead. And
1: so, what Michael and his group are, have, what their plan is, is to retake the legislature. Mm-hmm. And this last, uh, over the last four years, they've they've geared up. They've gone out. They've gone into the neighborhoods. They've talked to people. They've found out what their issues are, and very often their issues that. Um, the word is escaping me. <laughs> I know how it is.
0: Well, <laughs> you start turning 45, 50 years old. <laughs> thank like, you. <laughs> thank you. I'm a little older than that.
1: But um, when, when their issues were, were consonant with our issues. Yeah. Uh-huh. And only they didn't recognize that we were representing them. Mm-hmm. As they did, they began to be more interested in supporting supporting our cause
0: well and I really like the plan because it really includes the independent and the independent thinker to make a choice based on facts I mean I'd even go so far as to thank them now for allowing me to be in here because I'm an independent I don't like to go blue or red Uh, in fact I think I'm a registered blue still but uh the way that I look at things is always, is this adverse to uh, the public or is this in favor of the public? And it's really not person by person or whatever, office by office. And so to see them create a a thing like this where they'll say, Hey, look, you're an independent thinker. You're an independent guy. Why don't you bring your independent podcast over and let's just talk some facts.
1: You just raised a great point. I was uh, at a lunch the other day. It was a Republican lunch. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman sitting at our table. She was a guest. And I, we we got left alone at some point. I, I said, are you a member? And she said, no, I'm not. And I, I said, uh, um, well, are you a Republican? She said, well, actually, I'm not. And I said, oh, well, you know, I I hope you have a good time. But in order to join the group, you're going to have to become a Republican. She said, I would never do that. She said. She went on to say... If Trump were forming his own party, I would join that party. Oh wow! And then she put up this wall. Where end of discussion. Oh, and and that's okay. She's entitled to that. Of course. But in my mind, I continued the discussion. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I I said to my I said to her in my mind I said, um, Do you know that? no third party has ever won an election yeah do you know that already 70% of the republican party back donald trump yeah so why not join the 70% make it 71 or 72% yeah why, yeah why not help the trumpers and as t-
0: we saw those little 1 2 3%s make a huge world of difference
1: why why not help reform the party mm-hmm. but going back to what Michael and his group are doing here that that that's so important that, that ties in I believe yeah when people have their own agenda whether it's Donald Trump mm. or whether it's uh, uh, pro-life mm-hmm. or or uh, second amendment mm-hmm. and they say I will not vote for any candidate who does not support my agenda mm. Then they're basically shutting down their vote.
0: I think that's profound.
1: Okay, because they don't get a vote if we don't have the legislature. Yeah. Okay, if we have a if we have the legislature, then there's every possibility that we can get a pro life agenda or a pro second amendment or Whatever, whatever the cause may be. Whatever your cause happens to be. Mm-hmm. But if you can't even get to the legislature, then you're just being the spoiler, the bad boy on the outside or the bad girl on yeah. the outside, yeah. saying, if I don't have my way, I'm not going to play.
0: Yeah, 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 that's true. You really have to. And even going all the way up to the level of Donald Trump, if, if Trump is smart about future uh, campaigns, if he intends to run again what he really needs to do is figure out how to get real with some of these people on these ground level, uh, uh, offices and figure out how to establish some of that power to be used for a way it can, it can really demonstrate good. Yeah.
1: And now, one of the things, um, I, uh, y- you brought Michael up, so I guess you've had some conversations with him. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I like is that he's very realistic. He, um, uh, you know we all think that if we have this let's just take an issue you know if we whatever the issue is that i can convince you of my issue and then we can we're together on it right but the reality is most of us have our own issues and our minds made up on the issues that are important to us yes and the only thing that changes that is Religi- religious conversion or, or an epiphany or yeah, something yeah, like that. Something that, that, that and, we
0: change for the self. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. In other words, I can't get inside your head and change you right. any more than you can change me. But we can find areas that we have in common. Bingo. And we can we can we can team up and we can work That's together. What it, it's
0: fellowship. Yeah. The fellowship can't be lost in all this. That's what's another part that's kind of allowing this politics to get real ugly is that we're not honoring the fellowship of our opponents anymore. These people aren't our enemies. They're just people that disagree with our way of thinking. So, so we have to be able to have candidates who can have a level playing field of respect, uh, at least in the projection of how they behave. Uh, And that's going to be from the top down, too, and the the down up, too, because you see it at the local level just as often. Uh, I I really was disgusted by the Proud Boy thing. Uh, I I just think these manipulations of people's feelings uh, are very disturbing. And when I saw that happening at the local level here in that city council and mayor race, uh, it just was like, why? Why do we have to suffer that here? Why can't we just keep it about what's really issues in Reno?
1: Yeah, about what's going to serve the people of Reno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why get off into this?
0: To make my head explode, I think is the only yeah. answer. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, I've got, I've got one more point to make.
0: Please, yeah.
1: And that is, we each have a decision to make when we're. Uh, I I was in business for forty plus years, and it was a business that I had created from zero, and I eventually sold for a reasonable sum of money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And during that 40 plus years, there were many times when things went bad. Mm. And as an entrepreneur, just like you did, when you looked at, when COVID shut down your business, and you, you said, well, wait a second, maybe I'll do podcasts. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you have a choice. Uh, and I, I would submit it's the same choice every other person has. Mm. And that is, You can look outside yourself and say, these external causes have made me a victim. Mm. They've crushed me, and I'm helpless now. Mm. Or you can look inside, and you can reassess and rebuild, and you can let your creative juices run, and you can say, what can I do to turn this lemon into lemonade, so to speak. I love it.
0: Okay. Yes. And I often ask myself the question, is this really all I've got? And I have never answered myself, yes, yes, it is all I've got. I Every time I'm like, well, no, it's not all I've got. I can go a little more, okay. What I'm saying is
1: I'm retired and you think, okay, well, why don't you just go and have a good time somewhere? Yeah because this means something to me. Yeah.
0: Okay. I've had plenty uh, of good times. I'd like to leave something bigger.
1: I'm I'm not running for office. I'm not trying to make a big name or a big mark. But I have something to say from my experience, and I'm willing to share it and if it makes a difference and it motivates somebody else, then let's let's get going. I love it. And and here's the thing. People say well, I don't know anything about poli- politics, except it's dirty. Yeah. People are unkind to one another. People stab oh, yeah. each other in the back, you know, and, and and you run into personalities who are self-aggrandizing and all this kind of stuff. And I don't want to be involved with that stuff. And I And I'd say, you know what? Unless we take back the state legislature, we've got nothing.
0: We're already involved.
1: We are involved, whether we like it or not. OK, so you don't want to run for office or you don't want to get into the the hustle bustle or the mixing it up. Maybe you don't want to walk a precinct or, or be a poll watcher. But you know, the Republican Party needs people to show up, empty waste baskets, wash out the coffee pot and refill it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, serve at function at fundraising functions. Uh, just people to be there to be happy to be supportive there you don't have any idea what they could how they could use you. What you need to do is you need to show up and say, "I don't know how you could use me, but
0: I'm, I'm here I'm here, yeah, I count." That's kind of how this started, actually. It was just once I met Val, I said, "Hey, I've got some time for you, and we can definitely make this happen." If you, you know, for me, it was really about: Are you willing to let me be the independent that I am? Because fiscally, I'm I'm pretty responsible, especially now, which largely is rooted in how irresponsible I was uh, before. (laughs) Uh, So when, when you go through that kind of thing, it's like, you do come to this place where you go, listen, you can have fiscal responsibility and, and social responsibility, and they can exist in the same prism without making everything so crazy and divided. What it has to be is we need these small corrections back to left and to right. So when the party said, "Will you do a podcast with us, I said, look, as long as we're talking about what's real and going on in the area and we're dealing with people who are going to give us real insight and not come on here and rant at me about these lives matter or that life matters, uh, yes, I'm all for that.
1: And and you made made a wonderful point in, in declaring your independence a couple of times while we've been talking here. The Republican Party is the one that's always criticized for being Straight-laced.
0: Yeah, follow the line. Uh, Okay, everybody
1: has to follow the line, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not the Republican Party that exists anymore.
0: No, I find it it a welcoming environment. Yeah. With team players, a lot of team players in this building.
1: Yeah, so the real question is, can we take back the legislature, and can you and I help?
0: We can certainly fill coffee pots.
1: Or stuff envelopes. Anybody. Or run errands.
0: yeah, Or run. tell people in the microphone about what is just going on in the state of things.
1: And nobody's asking us to corrupt ourselves. Yeah. To be immoral or to behave in an unkind manner.
0: I love it. Yeah, you're so spot on. And and we've done five or six of these now. And I just haven't had any of that. I mean, the, the last gal we did was Lorna Quisenberry who's going to be running for the assessor's office. And it's like... She came in here just uplifting me. I start to tell her kind of a little bit about what I was alluding to there, how I sort of screwed my life up and I'm on a different path. And for me, telling that story is almost second nature now because it's like when you're dealing with people, I just want them to know who they're dealing with because somebody's going to tell you about me. It might as well be me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm used to doing this, but she's, oh, you don't, listen, you don't have to beat yourself. You can leave that behind. You're doing all this great stuff. I mean, really encouraging stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of funny. And it does take me back, you know, I keep alluding to that Proud Boys thing. It really rubbed me wrong. Uh, you can't just make somebody into something and control their narrative that way and then well, you can try. Yeah, yeah, it really makes you look foolish when you walk around doing that and acting like you're not doing it. And yeah, uh, it's it's a wild culture to live in. Yeah. Well, what else, Chuck? I mean, you're you're a heck of a guy to talk to. I'm having a blast in here.
1: Well, good. Thank you. That's you're you're so kind. I, I'm enjoying hearing about your story too, because having been in business and having had to recreate myself at various times. Uh huh. I can see that that's what you've done and you're having success with
0: it. I am. I'm finally, you know, what's funny is the climb feels the same both times. The only difference is this first time was wobbly because I was kind of walking on something that didn't, and now it just feels like there's nothing but solid dirt under me and I just have footing and foundation.
1: That's great. The the speaker we were listening to yesterday at this Republican women's thing. Mm Mm-hmm he kind of got off subject for a second. He said, why would a guy that has $500 million want to, want to leverage it to a billion? And he had just gotten done saying every human being needs to have a sense of value and productivity.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: And so I was telling my wife, I said, he missed his own point. If you're at 500 million, it's not making the other 500 million. It's knowing that you're not done.
0: That's right. It's knowing
1: that you still have value and that you're still capable of producing something.
0: Yeah. The legacy, the purpose, that's what drives me. But we'll do a little closer here. Chuck, is it Cohen or Cone?
1: I pronounce it like ice cream cone.
0: Cone, okay. okay. Chuck Cone, what a fantastic conversation it was to have with you, sir.
1: I've enjoyed it very much, Brandon. Thank you for making it so conversational. so ah, much fun.
0: Thanks for joining us today here on the County Line. To make contact with the Washoe County Republican Party or the County Line, please call 775-827-1900 Or visit www.washogop.org.